My name is Ben White and I'm joined here with Josh Buxey and this is Total Football. Today we'll be discussing the Champions League and Europa League, VAR and how it's affecting football and also this week's Premier League ground up. So first up, we had Burnley draw 1-0 with Everton in a not very exciting game really, Josh, was it? No, it was quite boring. Good goal from Brady at the start of the game, but... Once again, Pickford's little arms are stopping him from making saves. Same goal as he conceded against Leeds. But Everton have seen to um, run out of steam, haven't they? After starting really promisingly, but now they've dropped up, dropped off a bit now, haven't they? Yeah, it's kind of what Everton do all the time, though. But it's like where they're not the best team, as soon as they lost that first game, you could tell it was going to affect them. What do you think it is? I think it might be because of experience, maybe. With yeah, team. there might be a bit of like a lack of experience in there, but I feel... Also, maybe confidence dropped after the Richardson red card and the Digne red card. Yeah, but um, next up, Man City beat Fulham 2-0 in a game which was just was all one-way traffic, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and it is what you expected. To be fair, I was expecting worse. They could have scored a lot more. as bad as, as I was expecting. Yeah. They didn't perform too badly. And City just showed why they're City, really. Yeah, Man City are getting back to their winning ways again. Seems like they're yeah, they're starting to pick it up. As they, as everyone thought they would, I guess. Yeah, but it's the first time this season they've won two consecutive games. Yeah, it's not great from them. But then, um, next up in the first game of the Premier League season, where fans are allowed in at the London Stadium, all two thousand watched West Ham fall to a three-one defeat to Man United, who once again came back from a goal down for the fifth time in a row. Yeah, it's kind of becoming something you want to bet on. You know, just United always go 1-0 down. I think one, someone I know said it, and that's what happens. But West Ham played really well in the first half. Man United looked well off the pace. Yeah, I think West Ham had like six big chances. I feel like if they knew how to finish like United did, the game would have been over. They've just got to be more ruthless, don't they? Yeah, it's quite unfortunate from them. Jared Bowen was amazing. And also, you went to the Eastley game on Saturday, Ben. How was it to be back as a fan? It was um really good. Although Eastley did lose, but it was um nice to be back. The atmosphere was really good, good atmosphere. But um, yeah, I think it will impact the players massively. Like my experience from the game was like we were getting behind the team, pushing them on, getting the referees back after quite a few poor decisions. But I think it'll be really good because Eastley, a smaller club, they would have made quite a lot of money from that game. So I think it will especially help the smaller clubs, but also Premier League clubs too. Yeah, I I agree. Next up, Chelsea won once again, 3-1 at, at home against Leeds. With Olivier Giroud getting him a score sheet once again after a midweek scoring four against Sevilla. What an underrated striker he is, Josh. Yeah, I've been telling you about Giroud. You also said, oh, Tammy Abraham's better. But I just never agree. And now Giroud's showing it. I respect it. Giroud is world-class. That's five goals and two starts. And also, he scored 14 goals in his last 13 starts. He's a real top-class striker. Yeah, it's the runs he makes. When you're watching him, you, you have to appreciate what he's doing. Like against Leeds, he's pressing him so high. Like People don't expect the pace from him, but he's pressing him so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. once he gets going, he does pick up some speed. But I also have to appreciate Kurt Zuma. Oh, he's been solid this season. He's... The aerial duels and the goals. Four I've, goals, I think he's on now. I think um, Thiago Silva might have something to do with that, like helping him with his experience. Yeah, that's what I was saying when Thiago Silva joined. He was obviously going to help the defence, 
develop as he trained with them. And, and just allowing uh, other players to learn from him, really. Yeah, I, I think he's he's been quality as well. Yeah, but Olivier Giroud has become the first Chelsea player to score in six consecutive Premier League starts since Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in October 2001. And at 34 years and 66 days, he is the oldest player to score in six consecutive Premier League starts. I think Olivier Giroud would surely get into the first 11, maybe on the bench of every Premier League side, like even top six, any team, he would get in there. Yeah, he has to. I, I don't see a team that can really say... You can't be in the side. I remember... Even on the bench. Maybe Man City or yeah. Liverpool, maybe. But. but I remember in Eden Hazard's last season for um, Chelsea, he said like, how it's a pleasure to play with Giroud because like, he brings more than goals. He brings other players into play. Like He's a hold-up striker, knock it down for like the wingers to get involved. He brings everything, I feel. Yeah, he, and he makes a lot of fake runs, which drags the defender out because he's such a presence in the box. It's like an assist, but without even touching the ball. Yeah, yeah. But... um. Next up, we had West Brom fall to a 5-1 defeat to Crystal Palace. Yeah, Benteke's on the scoring. Two goals. I felt like that was the main part of the game. As soon as I saw Benteke scored, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he surely would have his confidence up from that after scoring, I think it's three and 50 odd games it was before yeah, that. Yeah, he has not been on a good run. And his second goal was actually good, so... Oh yeah, it's a great turn, swivel on his left, left foot. So maybe he's on his way back. He might start performing again. But do you remember his form at Aston Villa? He was unplayable then, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. It seems like whenever Liverpool sign players, it just doesn't often work. Yeah, but I think as a striker, confidence is massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like A lot of strikers, as soon as they get one goal, they start flying like Che Adams. Yeah. But um, yeah, Wilfred Zaha made a big impact coming back after being out for a few games through... Um, South Isolating, he's obviously a big part to Crystal Palace, isn't he? Yeah, he played well. He obviously creates a lot more than anyone else on the team. I feel like that's the biggest part of it. He obviously got two goals this weekend, but even when he's not getting the goals, he's obviously creating. Yeah, but did you know that was Crystal Palace's first time he scored five away from home in the top division ever? Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I'm really not surprised. They're not a team to score many goals. Surprised it's not the first time they've scored five goals ever. <laughs> But, um, yeah, what did you make to West Brom's red card? I, from the angle the ref saw it with VAR, it does look like he's kicked out. But he's then he's on, barely kicked out. Yeah, but then there's the other angle, which they showed on Sky Sports, where he literally hasn't even kicked. He's just span round. It's not he's kicked out. It's like he just put his leg up. He isn't, like, going in full force to kick out, I don't think. Yeah, it's not like uh, Son last season or Maguire against Chelsea. Both of them, I think, were against Chelsea, actually. yeah. But um, I don't know. I guess with VAR, they just highlight it so much and look at it in so so much detail. But oh, I, feel, I just think the game's going soft in general, really. Yeah, it's it is getting a little bit. Every tackles that, but even tackles that win the ball can still be done as a red card. Yeah, Romeo got the ball yesterday in the Saints game, and he gave away a foul for it. I thought it was a bit ridiculous. Like back in the day, like you get away with so many more fouls and just. Like the derby, that's what it was all about, wasn't it? Making like, fouls, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what it's like in like Turkey and stuff. I think it was Galatasaray and Besiktas last season. There was like 14 yellow cards and three red cards. Yeah, I'm obviously not promoting like <laughs> foul player or anything, but it's, it's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. To not give yellow cards just left, right and centre for any bit of contact. Like football's a contact sport. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Should stay that way. But then Leicester beat Sheffield United 2-1 after Jamie Vardy scored a 90th minute winner. Yeah, and... The scenes after that goal. Yeah, you just know it's coming as well. Before the game, I was expecting a bigger win from Leicester. 
Yeah, definitely. I wasn't expecting that from Sheffield, but one thing I was saying, Jamie Vardy will score. He hates Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday fan? Yeah, it's just in his blood, really, isn't it? It's, he's grown up hating Sheffield United, and he's carried it on. Obviously, last season, stood in front of the fans. Yeah. Cupped his ear. This season, he's taken out their corner flag. I do feel for Sheff- Sheffield United, though. They do... Um... They put up a good fight, but every game seems to lose by a goal, just a single goal. Yeah, they're not what they were last season, I must admit. But one point after 11 games is looking dangerous for them. Yeah, it's, it's very that poor. Derby in their 11-point season had five after 10 games, so this isn't looking nice for Sheffield. They need to pick it up. But even so, I don't think Chris Wilder even gets sacked this season because he's a Sheffield United lad, isn't he? Yeah. He's been a supporter for his that- lot. That's not even the worst part about it. I just, I don't think it's a manager thing. Yeah. I feel like the problem is deeper. It is just the players, everything. They're not doing, they're doing something wrong. I think it's confidence again, which is obviously a big part of football, he said. Yeah, so. obviously. But um, in the North London derby, Tottenham got a 2-0 win after two stunning goals from Son and Kane once again. Yeah, that that song goal, every, everyone just went mental as soon as that went in, like... I went onto Twitter and everyone's like, what has Son just done? Son's world class. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's just, he's showing it this season. Last season he was a bit inconsistent with it and this season he's really just showing who he actually is. And Kane, they might be the best duo in the world. Possibly. I think, uh, aren't maybe the second best duo in the Premier League? Yeah, of yeah. all time. Isn't it behind Frank Lampard and Drogba? Lampard and Drogba. Yeah, so I Lampard I'll... said himself they're going to catch that. Oh yeah, definitely. Because they're unreal. But, um, I'd say Son is definitely up there. Top 10 players in the world. He's close. He's, he's, he's definitely this season pushing. He definitely is. If he carries his on for another couple of seasons, he'll definitely be up there. Yeah, he'll be respected by everyone. People will be wanting him out of Tottenham. But obviously, as things are standing, Tottenham is the place he wants to be. Yeah, they continue the way they're doing. They'll have every reason to put up a good fight for the Premier League title. Did you see the picture of Mourinho in Hoiberg's face? What was that? Just... Like, it was just pure passion. Exactly. That's what it's all about. That's yeah, he, what it's all about. He, like, everyone's like saying, like, Son, Kane, they're getting all the goals, but you can just tell that he's Mourinho's favourite player. Oh, yeah, Hoiberg is a Mourinho player. Yeah, he, like, that defensive midfielder, Mourinho loves him. That's why he, he put Eric Dyer straight back into the squad when he came in, and now he's starting in centre-back every week. Yeah, but it was a, it was a typical um, Jose Mourinho game plan, wasn't it? Sit off a little bit and just catch him on the counter. Yeah, you could see it coming, and it worked. Arsenal, obviously. Arsenal were shocking, I They've done some... Like, I don't get what they're doing. They had, they had the ball so much. They had the ball, it's like, so much, like... Wasn't it 70% possession Something second like half? that, yeah. They put, like, 40 crosses into the box, and Aubameyang, in his 70-odd goals at Arsenal, has only scored three headers. Yeah, and I was saying when I was watching it, like, Arsenal haven't created all season when teams are having three players in the box... How are they going to do anything against Tottenham's nine yeah. when it's Mourinho <laughs> managing them? Yeah. You're getting punched in the changing room if you mess up the header. Like Olivier Giroud, imagine if Arsenal still had him. The amount of crosses they put in, he would have surely bagged a couple. Yeah, they they would have had a bigger chance. Obviously, Aubameyang's been awful. Oh, yeah. He's had like, he, I think he created one chance in his last four games. And also, what's that playing Lacazette at um, centre attack in mid? Oh, what's that about? I don't even get why Lacazette's playing. He's so point. like, he doesn't move when he's in midfield. He's got a like, drop. Oh, there just... was one point the ball came into the box it was perfect for him all he had to do was put a bit of power on it he scored and he's literally rolled it to the keeper it's like he's scared of the ball yeah but um, Tottenham are flying and whereas Arsenal are dropping remarkably yeah during the Saints game yesterday 
I was looking at the replies to the Vestergaard goal uh, from Saints and an Arsenal fan was commenting like, yes, come on, please win. Like, why is he celebrating oh, yeah. 15th instead of going <laughs> yeah. down to 16th? Relegation battle, isn't it? Yeah. I, that, that's one other thing I saw. This Arsenal fan tweeted at the start of the season, like Premier League 2020-21, the contenders, and it was Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, Pep Guardiola's Man City, and Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Oh, and it was like the pretenders. Yeah. And it was Jose Mourinho's Spurs. Frank Lampard's Chelsea and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. And then he tweeted after the game on Sunday, what if we get relegated? <laughs> That's literally it. It was, it was the fear had finally hit him. Like no team's too big to go down, are they? No, this, if you're not performing in the Premier League, you will drop. I reckon um, Arteta will be under huge, huge pressure now, though. Yeah, like what is his game? What is his style? He went to three at the back, four at the back. Like he's not sticking with nothing. His style is sit back and hopefully score one goal. He's but, playing Chris Wilder football. <laughs> Pretty much, they keep the ball, just do nothing with it. Yeah, they they've actually been useless the past five games. But then we had Liverpool with a four 0 win over Wolves in front of their home crowd of two thousand. Yeah, this shows what the fans do. Yeah, Liverpool Anfield with fans is one of the most dangerous things in the world. The atmosphere they created though with two thousand fans was pretty good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And as soon as that first goal went in, you just know it's going to get worse. Yeah, but it's another win, another clean sheet for Liverpool with all their um, injury concerns. They've been doing quite well still, haven't they? They joined top with Spurs. Yeah, they're they're so good. But um, it's the attack, I think the defense have shown that they can do it, especially in the Premier League, and the attack just don't stop. Yeah, what um, what a few games for Kelleher's it's been. Their goalkeeper stepped in for Allison. Yeah, he he said as well. It's been a decent week. Yeah, two and clean sheets like, in a bounce. You made you got two clean sheets. Premier League debut and Champions League debut. Yeah, I'd say that's decent. <laughs> Imagine little boy's dream. Yeah, every everyone dreams of that when they're a kid. But then on the final game of this match week, we had Brighton fall to a two-one defeat against Southampton in a South Coast derby. No, I wouldn't call it a derby. Let's not do that. Is it not? No, we're just South Coast teams. <laughs> but what do you make to your team's performance, Josh? We weren't good. You weren't good, really, were you? We weren't good at but all. But you, gr- you grinded out um, the result. And I respect that Harsen was walked into his interview after and he said, we weren't what we should have been, but obviously it's worked out for us. Yeah. Danny Ings looked promising. Scored a penalty. Return. Scored the winner. Yeah. Good penalty as well. But was it a penalty? I think so. The <sighs> thing is, when he was fouled, I said, is that a penalty? And then I was like, okay, maybe not. And I saw the replay and I went, that's a penalty. I can understand where the arguments come in, whether he was fouled outside the box, because there was two fouls in there. Oh, that's He was pushed outside the box and then he was caught inside as well. Both penalties, I think, were pretty dodgy. I agree with both of them, personally. I just don't agree that Ward Prowse had his arm in the air like that. I can understand that he's not looking at the ball, but he's got his hand all the way over his head. They say it's a penalty if your arm's above your shoulder, no matter what. So, that will lead us nicely onto our next topic, which is talking about VAR and also the handball rule. So, let's carry on talking about the handball rule. So, from that Swampton game and um, the penalty Brighton were awarded, you felt it was a penalty then? Yeah, because... I just don't see a reason he should have his arm above his head like that. But has it gave him a clear advantage? No, not really. Either way, he's getting onto the end of it and smashing it away. To be fair, I don't think the problem is we're awarding penalties for this handball. I think the problem is the handball rule itself. Yeah. Like, for example, do you remember 
Eric Dora against Newcastle. Yeah, that's like the, the worst back, one I've ever seen. Hit the back of his arm. It wasn't looking at the ball at all. It was a penalty because it struck his, struck his arm. Yeah, because his arm was like up here, wasn't it? No, it was down by his side. Well, I can't, I can't even remember it properly, but there's been a few dodgy ones. I don't... Oh, I can't stand this handball rule. It's giving away too many like stupid penalties and just they, satisfying Man United even more. Yeah, no, they had to adjust it at the start of the season as well, didn't they? After the Eric Dyer one, because there was like... I don't even know. There was like almost as many penalties as there have been in one season in the first like six games or something. But uh, it must be horrible for defenders though, because they you literally got to, you can't run with your hands behind your back, folks. You you got to have balance. Like where yeah. where do your arms need to go to like? Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but one defender g- genuinely said that he's just going to start defending with his arms behind his under his shirt so that they can't actually <laughs> exactly call anything. It's it's pathetic. But then VAR, they look at it so like so precisely. Like they say they're only using VAR for clear and obvious errors when they spend like two minutes looking over a certain thing. Surely, if it's clear and obvious, you're like ten yeah. seconds, one watch, that's a penalty or no penalty. It shouldn't yeah. take this long. Uh, one 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 thing I don't agree with is they only use one angle. So yeah. some angles do make things look a lot worse than they actually are, and they don't really show the whole bit of play. They'll just show it hitting the hand and coming back off. They don't like look at the player in what position they're in. Are they balanced? Are they not balanced? Are they doing it on purpose? Like they don't even look where the ball's been kicked from. They could be right in front of them, and they can't even move the arm in time. Yeah, and it's down by their side anyways. I don't agree with a lot of it, but as a manager, I'll be fuming with this handball rule. Like if he, it's just it takes the fun out of a game. I feel just getting pathetic penalties. Yeah, it it is ruining it a little bit, and I know I do know there are some people who aren't watching as much football as they used to because of stuff like this. Yeah, another one is Pogba's goal. Oh, that was a good goal. Out of play. Oh, yeah, the goal was good itself, but yeah, the ball was out of play. <laughs> it was it was long gone. I saw a match of the day, I think, or BBC. Yeah, it was they, match, yeah, they, they, they don't they use this technology that VAR don't have. But how is VAR should surely have the most technology to be able to cope with the game and cope with the, all the decisions. Yeah, that's what I said. I was saying to people, like, I can understand why they have given it because they don't have the view of the touchline. BBC have made a mockery of them. But then BBC have that technology themselves, so I don't really get it. Clearly off. But surely, you can just, as a linesman, you should be looking and checking. He's facing another way, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I saw a West Ham fan saying, it was like, if the, line, the linesman's looking for offside, which is fair enough, yeah. when the ball's been played over, but as soon as you see that he's not offside, he should have looked up. It's all David Moyes like fuming. He's because like, there are people calling that it's gone out. David Moyes is like perplexed. It's like, Surely it's me a throw-in, but he's yeah, yeah. played his carried on. And he said after the game, like he, he looked up and he could see the ball above his head. Yeah, <laughs> that's proves how far off it was. <laughs> and it, I just, there are a few things that I don't understand, especially with linesmen, like the linos, because yesterday, Saints game again, linesmen's called for the Saints throw-in. Yeah. Brighton players just took the throw-in. They carry on. And then they carried on because the linesman's just put his flag down because he's like, what's the point? I can't do anything. Surely the referees like turned to stuff and yeah, that's what you'd think. But he didn't. He carried on. They got they got a control. free kick and they almost scored from it. The um, referees got to make sure they still stay in control of these games because they have VAR to help them. But they got, they're the main man. They should be really anyway, shouldn't they? Yeah, that that is something I don't agree with. And Jamie Carragher did say yesterday, the refs given the foul for the push on Carl Peters, but it's clear that VAR have given the foul for the clip of the knee in the box on Carl Walker-Peters. So, surely, they should have got him to go to the monitor he to see he if didn't he go, did that it? was a foul. 
And they just told him it was a penalty when they're actually given a foul for something different. Yeah, it's just got to get some clarity between them, don't they? Yeah. But then um, the whole offside thing, so... <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's a hair offside. But in my opinion, they're saying again, oh, it should, they'll be checked if it's clear and obvious error. Clear and obvious is not a, a shoelace offside, is it? Or yeah, like a shoulder like offside. A, sh- a sleeve. Clear and obvious should be like daylight between the player. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Because there was obviously, like, before VAR, I can remember a few instances where there is players who are, like, two yards offside and the linesman hasn't seen it. Yeah. That's a clear and obvious error. 10 millimetres isn't clear and obvious. I know offside is offside, but even so, they are checking for clear and obvious. Yeah, no. I can understand some being given, but there are the ones like Mane against Everton and Patrick Bamford against Palace. There are a few that I just think are ridiculous that need to just stop. Or do you think the offside rule should be changed to allow for VAR to make, I don't know, more understandable decisions, I guess? Yeah, maybe. There, there is The only other thing with it is, obviously, they've now told, because of VAR, linesmen, they're not allowed to put their flag up. Yeah, they let the play play out in case it might be on time. Yeah, and it's quite annoying at times. Because you think you're going to score and you celebrate and you look, oh no, the linesman's flagged. Yeah. So it takes the fun out of the fun out of it for the fans as well, doesn't it? Some of them I can understand. Like, if it's really close yeah. and the linesman doesn't see it or, it, like, he's not too sure, don't put it up. Let VAR deal with that. But there's somewhere there's like, they're, like, four yards offside and he hasn't given it until the play's stopped. And I'm like, just call it straight away. Mm. Yeah. So here's a question to you and also our listeners. Do you feel football is more enjoyable to watch as a fan with a VAR or without VAR? Without VAR. Exactly. And that's what I think should be looked at from a fan's perspective is much more enjoyable and just fun to watch without VAR, isn't it? Yeah, and I can understand why they needed to bring it in. Obviously, when it was first like coming in, everyone was, yeah, bring VAR. But since it's been in, uh, people uh, aren't as happy. And also the red card decisions, like the Pereira one for West Brom. Again, as I said earlier, I don't think it was that malicious. No, it wasn't too bad, but... Cause like they, even now players are getting sent off when they get the ball but even they're still getting sent off even though they get the ball yes they may, they may leave a little bit on the player but as you said football's a contact sport you're going to get hit now and then aren't you yeah Jamie Carragher's one to always complain about that as well like there is no way of stopping yourself once you're sliding exactly if you win the ball you're more likely to catch the player than not I think it should be if you win the ball it's clean yeah there are a few times where I can understand it. Yeah, if it's like, like where so someone wins the ball and then they stick their leg up in the air and catch him on the knee. You can tell it's purposely like done. Yeah, the and f- they have slow motion to check that now. Yeah, but genuine, genuine like attempt to win the ball shouldn't be a red card. No, I don't. I don't think it should. be As we lot. saw Fred against PSG, second yellow, he won the ball, didn't he? Do you see that? Yeah, but he should have been sent off before that anyway. That's true, but even in that situation, that yeah, like I don't really get why he was sent off for that. It's so unfortunate for him. He got lucky anyway, so I'm sure they don't have too many complaints about it. Yeah, so um, now on to the Champions League, as every team so far has played five games. It's looking to shape up the group stages. But Josh, who do you think is going to win the Champions League this season? Oh, it's tough. It is actually really tough. The Premier League side has done quite well, apart from Man United, who, have yet, um, who still need to get a point tonight against um, RB Leipzig, don't they? Yeah. And do you reckon they can do it? 
I think they will, but I am a bit unsure. Yeah, but um, who do you think will win it then? I'm getting some like PSG vibes at the moment. PSG. I don't know why either because I don't usually fancy PSG. I think people hype them up too much. Yeah, no, just like Neymar. Just like Neymar, I think they hype them up too much because they're good in their league. Obviously, it's league and it's not much of a competition, really, is it? No, it's PSG trophy every year. But last season they did quite well, but again, failed against a much stronger and better team in Bayern Munich. Yeah, um, I am having a tough time thinking about who's going to win it though, because obviously PSG look good now, but they always start well in it. Yeah, because they're obviously against not. As good teams. Obviously, they beat Man United, they've looked at Man United. They usually get to the quarter-final and it just goes downhill like it does with Man City. Every yeah. season, they look good in the group stage and then... So you don't think it's Pep's year this year with Man City? I don't think it's Pep's year, no. Bayern look good again. Real Madrid are slacking. Real Madrid might even go out. I'm kind of hoping they do because that's like... That'd that's a story, isn't it? Oh, like... yeah. They could even finish fourth, to, to be honest, if they failed to beat Mitchell and Gladbach yeah. and Inter Milan win. That'd be one head of a story. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bit crazy because it's like European giants, the most Champions League in history, out in the group stage. It yeah. doesn't seem right. But American Bayern Munich, obviously the holders would be um very strong contenders. And of course, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. But do. I think Chelsea might have an outside chance. Yeah, you depends on who they're drawn against, really. That's true. That's a major factor, isn't it? You've but, got to finish first, then hopefully... Get drawn against a team that finished second in their group, don't you? Yeah, and it's a bit, it's a weird one because teams usually go out quite early, but the further they go on, the more they compete with the better teams. Like Chelsea could play Bayern in the first, in the round of 16 again, like last year, go out, and you'll be, yeah, fair enough. I'm expecting that. But then Chelsea could play someone else. Have Bayern in the semi-final. Yeah, depends. Yeah, it depends who you play, isn't it? Yeah, because you you start to get the momentum and think that you can beat anyone in the Champions League. A bit like Chelsea in twenty twelve. Like yeah, that's doing, what I was thinking. They were doing awful in the league, finished sixth in the end. We got got done against Benfica. That was a win. Napoli got through that in the end, five four on aggregate. Then Barcelona. Everyone knows Afanasi. Yeah. They? Fernando Torres. Just think of Gary Neville. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. And obviously against Bayern, we um did it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It takes you by surprise. Another team who look... They're just weird. Barcelona won all five group games. They got, beat Juventus. They got Juventus tonight. It's Messi against Messi Ronaldo. Messi Ronaldo. Maybe the last time in their careers. Yep, the final dance. And I'm sure they're both buzzing about it. They love to see each other all the time. Do you know what I'd love to see in the final? Barcelona against Juventus. Yeah, it would be nice. That'd be amazing. Just one last time. Roll back the years. The last dance. That'd it, be amazing. It's just weird though because Barcelona haven't been good... In the league this season. Yeah, they're ninth in the league. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. Shocking. They're not getting goals. But Champions League, 16 goals, two goals conceded. They're looking pretty strong. Yeah. and But in their group, it's not much of a challenge apart from Juventus, of course. Exactly, and they beat Juventus. If they beat them again tonight, I'm just going to be a bit... What is happening with Barcelona? Messi's yeah. obviously not played the last two Champions League games. Obviously, I, feel, I think that's just Koeman being cautious. Yeah, because it isn't. They yeah. they were through. None of these, none of the two teams had a win, and they're also going to be um, either way. So one team, who's going to win it, Josh? I'm going to go with Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich okay. again, back to back. I'm going to go with Barcelona. Okay, I think okay. Messi could do it. I hope he does. It'd be nice. And 
Now we'll move on to Europa League, more focused on the British teams here. How do you feel about the British teams so far? Um, I mean, Leicester have done very well, haven't they? Yeah, Leicester have been pulling results out, obviously. I think it was against Braga, where they were 2 or 3 nil down. Oh, it's 3-3 three, three, wasn't it? Yeah, they yeah. drew 3-0. Jamie Vardy, 95th minute, I think it was. And also Rangers, they did amazing in their Scottish League, and also in the Europa League, they're sitting top at the minute, and they're already um, guaranteed into knockout stages, so I reckon they've got a good chance. Yeah, they're, they're doing very well. Obviously... For Gerard not to lose at all this season so far, I think he's played like 25 games. Yeah. That is unreal. Not only like 14 points above Celtic or something like that. Yeah, they're, they are miles ahead. It, it's not even looking like it's going to be a competition at the moment. James Tavernier's got like 15 goals and 10 assists. And he's a right back. <laughs> yeah. You, people are, people were saying like, yeah, but how many of those weren't from set pieces? It was like two goals, two assists, not from set pieces. Oh, but yeah. that's what he's there for. Yeah, exactly. He's crossing them from the corners. He's taking their penalties. It, I don't see a problem with it. Really. I think you've missed out here, Tottenham and Arsenal. What do you think about them? Well, Arsenal, I don't think they'll get far. They're doing do right I. in the group stage, but if they're against nobody. They haven't really got anyone to compete with in the group stage. No. But then we're saying this, and neither do Tottenham, and they've lost a game and they've drawn a game. But even so, it's, I think Mourinho took a bit lightly the group stage, maybe. Yeah, I do as well. I do think they'll w- maybe even win it. Because against one of their teams, I remember that he made like three subs at half time was it yeah or something like that because he obviously didn't play his strongest squad which he's is understandable not, he's not too bothered about the group stage because he knows he's going through yeah obviously there is still that chance it's going to take a lot but, but they might not go through I do think they will and they might even win the whole tournament so out of all the British teams left in there you think Tottenham will win it I think Tottenham will do the best obviously Celtic no, they've, they've finished. They are, I don't know what's going on with them this season. They always get hyped up for the European nights, don't they? But then, yeah, they've got one point. But I think I think Leicester could be a good shout. Leicester are a shout, but I feel like the same as last year. Leicester weren't amazing second half of the season. It That's might true. carry on. It depends who they get drawn against against, isn't it? Yeah, round thirty two as well. Yes, it lasts a bit, little bit longer. Yeah, There's more teams involved. Obviously, that with everyone in it at the moment, they can still get drawn against teams who aren't the best. Oh, yeah, so yeah, because third place Champions League group, that is the dangerous part. You got teams like Real Madrid who might. Oh yeah, in. that's true. PSG or Leipzig or Man United. Very strong. One teams. of them three teams. They're very strong. They're teams. all good. So yeah, it's a difficult one really, especially when we don't know who's going to get drawn in the round of thirty-two yet. But I reckon yeah. there'll be a clearer picture when that gets um, drawn. Also, Ajax and Atalanta. There are two teams that can cause trouble in the Europa League. Yeah, but I think I'll stick with Leicester for now. Yeah, I'm going to stay with Spurs. Yeah. That's it for another Total Football Podcast. Thank you for listening.